believe that insecurity comes from feeling shame or guilt about who you are, what you've done, what you haven't done. So if it's true that insecurity comes from shame or guilt around who you are or who you aren't, then what's the answer to fighting insecurity, addressing insecurity, or overcoming insecurity and becoming confident? Well, I think the answer is to own it. Own who you are. Own your flaws. Own your mistakes. Own who you used to be before you try to become the person that you're going to become. Welcome to the Straight Up Intentional Podcast. This is your host, Diane, and on this podcast, we're going to talk everything faith, fitness, and mindset, and how to live an intentional life. So, obviously, everyone in life, everyone in life has things that they've done in their lives that they're not proud of. Everyone has. And I know for myself, you know, I'm a, I'm a fitness coach. I am online. I'm in person. I got a garage gym in my home and I train people out of there. And one thing for me, the reason it took me so long to even make fitness my career was because I wasn't perfect and I didn't think anyone was gonna hire me if I wasn't perfect. I had too many up and down like seasons of my life with fitness and with looking fit, looking the part. And I just didn't feel confident enough that I didn't look the part to be a fitness coach. Okay. That held me back for years. And let me tell you why I kept going up and down. I kept going up and down in my weight because instead of going deeper than fitness, right? Deeper than gaining muscle, losing fat, looking fit. All I did was surface. I completely changed the surface. I ate healthier. I worked out. I did all the steps that you're supposed to do. But I didn't actually get to the root of what got me into an unhealthy body. I didn't go to the root of why I felt insecure or why I was making decisions that was making me unhealthy. I only ever fixed the surface. And when you only ever fix the surface, it's like if you garden, right? You can't just cut weeds at the top. If you cut the weed, it's going to grow back. But if you pull the weed and get to the root of the weed, you can actually solve the problem, right? So uh, the problem is a lot of you guys are trying to fix a deep-rooted issue with going to the gym and eating healthy. You can't fix the deep cut with a Band-Aid solution. And I say this all the time about quick fixes, but now we're, we're getting even deeper than going to the quick fix or not going to the quick fix, right? Or doing it correctly. Now we're going to get even deeper than that. And we're going to say, yeah, you can lose 20 pounds in X amount of months. What's going to get you to keep it off is the way that you view yourself. So what we do is we fix 
the surface, we don't get to the root of the problem, we don't actually change the way we identify, we still see ourselves as this person that has issues and a hidden past and we feel guilt and shame and we're not actually confident and these things are insecurities to us. So we live with that. It's like bricks in our backpack and we just walk around with this backpack of like, oh, you can't know the shame and the lies and all of that stuff. But the best thing that you could possibly do is get the bricks out, face the problem, fix the problem by facing it, owning it, owning who you are, and then changing the things that you need to change to become the person that you want to become. You're never going to become the person that you want to become if you're living in the past. If you're still focused on past hurts, if you're still focused on your mistakes, if you're still feeling guilty about what you did 10 years ago, if you haven't repented, girl, and moved on, then you're always going to be stuck going back there because you actually didn't change your identity. Let's give examples. Whenever I would fall back into drinking and smoking and eating too much and just not taking care of my body. It was so easy to slip back. It was so much easier to slip back than it was to get out. It's easy. And that's because my root identity was this person that I kept slipping back to. There's this, I don't deserve it. There's this, this is how I was meant to live. There's this, there's this feeling of insecurity because of X, Y, and Z, and maybe I just can't live that life. Maybe that's just not me. Maybe I'm just never going to get there. And so instead of going to the root of the problem and fixing the problem, facing that insecurity, owning who I was, and creating uh, someone that was more confident, someone that could overcome, someone that forgave themselves for the mistakes that they made. I kept holding on to that past insecure, resentful, you know, unhealthy, like feelings of unworthiness and all of these things. I kept going and reverting back to that person. And that's what we see over and over again. If you're someone that has been on countless weight loss journeys and you do so good and you get to a place where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so proud of myself. I can't believe that I'm still here. And then you go backwards. That's because you never actually believed that you deserved that. that. You never actually truly believed that you deserved to be that healthy person in the long run. So it's easy to slip back into your old habits if you don't actually believe that you deserve a life of a person that has those good habits, right? So we don't identify as someone that deserves it. We are hanging on to the insecurities and the guilt and the shame of the past, and we're not owning it. There's no accountability. I talk about accountability all the time, guys. People think accountability is this scary thing, like, oh my gosh, like, you know, if this person holds me accountable, they don't love me or, or they're mean. They're mean. Have you ever hired a fitness coach that didn't hold you accountable? And did that fitness coach succeed in their job by not holding you accountable? You know, people can say 
my personal trainer is kind of mean because they're always checking on me and they're always in my business. Or you can say, man, this personal trainer or this fitness coach or this nutritionist or whatever, whoever it is that's supposed to be holding you accountable, do they actually care about you and want to see you get the results that you need to get or that you came to them for, right? Accountability is a form of love. And when you hold yourself accountable, it's a form of self-love. Self-accountability, part of self-accountability is owning who you are. And owning who you are means owning all of you. Because you can hide behind the bushes for a little bit, but eventually those things come back to surface. So if there's something about yourself that you are hiding, that you feel insecure about, the best thing that you can do is own it. And, you know, for myself, I know that for the longest time, I, you know, I would meet friends and I didn't want them to know like that I was actually like a party girl. Right. So there were certain people that knew me as the party girl. And then there were certain people that I was like, I know I'm going to like, I'm going to be better. I'm going to act better. And I just don't want to be known as that person. So I'm not even going to tell them about all the things that I've done. Now I have friends that I've been friends with for eight years that because I never told them my whole story because I was embarrassed, I was ashamed and I was living in my shame and hiding it from them. I would never actually tell them like the full story of who I was, right? Or who, at least who I was before they met me. Now I'll really be talking to them in the middle of the day about grilled cheese and then be like, girl, one time I did this, this, and this. Oh my gosh, I cannot believe that I did that. And it's kind of part of this like, it's like a detox because I'm being truthful about something that's been that I've done that I used to be ashamed of and now I can say it and be like dang I can't believe I did that that's kind of embarrassing or that's kind of weird or man I almost died like I can't believe that I survived that how am I still alive there are so many times that I will tell my husband something randomly and he's like yeah that's weird or that's crazy or whatever but it's part of the truth telling And you being honest about who you were and what you've done, it's part of the confidence in owning who you are because who you are is a product of who you were. And you can't have one without the other. You can't pretend, you can't change your life and then pretend like your other life didn't happen, right? Like, obviously, you can't see them. I have tattoos everywhere, but I am a church-going, Bible study, you know, mom, you know, I am a trainer. They see me with my toddler all the time. They see me at church. You know, they're, they're thinking like, oh no, Diane's never mistake. I'm sorry. Diane's never made a mistake in their, her life, except look at all her tattoos. She's obviously done some stuff in her life. Right. And that's the thing is like, there was a, there was a podcast or some TikTok that I saw a guy tatted up on his face all over his body. And they're like, oh, are you going to, Are you going to get your tattoos removed now that you're a Christian, now that you've been saved? And he's like, why would I do that? Like, number one, um, Jesus is not asking me to get my tattoos covered before I go and get saved or before I become his child. Like Jesus says, come as you are, and I'm going to make you new in this now new life, right? But he never says that you have to go back and erase the past before you come here, right? That's not what 
that's not what this is about. I am not to erase my past and pretend like none of that ever happened. I'm to repent, right? And then now that I know what I'm supposed to be doing, I'm going to walk a new step, right? Not only that, but I am meant to talk to some people. Not everybody's going to like this podcast. Not everybody's going to like what I have to say. Not everybody's going to like the way I look. Not everybody's going to like the way I dress. Not everybody's going to like the way I talk. That's okay. I'm for some people. You're for some people. And there's people that you're not for and I'm not for. And that's okay, right? But I'm not going to pretend like I didn't live my life I'm going to own who I was and I'm going to own who I am. And that's my testimony. My tests in life are my testimony. I love to meet single moms because I was a single mom for so long. And before that was something I was resentful of. I can't believe I'm a single mom. I'm like, the world is against me. This is so hard. Like, but obviously I was meant to be a single mom for the time that I was to find my husband, to be married, to now show single women that there are, you know, there's life after, right? That there's hope that you can, you can change. Things can change. The circumstances can change. I was a broke single mom. I was living in an apartment with cockroaches. I was eating cup of noodles and top ramen on the floor. I had a TV on the floor. Yeah. You know, I had my daughter watching DVDs in my laptop because that's all I had because I was going to college. It's I've been there. It's okay. And I have that story not because I'm a Jezebel or because, you know, oh my gosh, like look at her, like let's judge her. I mean, yeah, you can judge me all you want, but you know, it's not nothing to me because I own who I am. Because I have owned who I am. I'm not ashamed. I am not ashamed. It's like that TikTok. There's a TikTok that says like, when somebody comes knocking on your door, trying to bring up your past and you're like, I don't live there anymore. Exactly. Like, yeah, you can try to bring me down by bringing in my past, but I'm cool with bringing the door open and or with at least saying where I used to live, but I don't live there no more. So you can't hurt me. You can't hurt me because I've already taken accountability of my actions and I cannot change my past, but I can move on, ask for forgiveness, become better, and I made new in Christ, right? Become better, make better decisions, and because of that, I have confidence. Because of the fact that I've owned who I am and I've repented, I can be confident in the person that not only that I am, but the person that I'm becoming. And guess what? That doesn't mean that you're now perfect. No, I make mistakes. I say the wrong thing. I do the wrong thing. I let anger control me or overcome me, right? I isolate still. People don't believe that. I'm a introvert, my social battery. I have one. It's there. But when it's drained, I'm not texting you back. And that's just who I am. And guess what? I own it. I let people know ahead of time. If I don't text you back, it's not because I don't like you or I'm mad at you. My social battery has been drained and I'm recouping. I am recharging my battery. And guess what? The people who get it, get it. And the people who don't, don't. 
I used to think that I had to be this person for other people. It's part of people pleasing. I used to think that I had to be this extroverted person that always wanted to be out and always wanted to be around people and always had to be loud and in the center of attention and just da, 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 da. Part of why I drank was to get out of my shell and to want to be around other people because I was not that person my entire life. As a kid, I was a shy, quiet kid. I was the kid that hid behind my mom. My mom was my best friend. I didn't want to talk to other people. And I had to, or at first I used alcohol as that that thing to get me out of my comfort zone. And then I became, you know, um, what's that word? I needed it. You know what I'm trying to say. Um, codependent, dependent on it. There you go. I became dependent on an outside substance to be myself, but really it wasn't myself because myself is actually pretty introverted and I'm only extroverted around my people, which means I'm not actually extroverted. I'm just comfortable. Or what some people would say is you're not actually introverted. You're just around the wrong people. That could be it too, because guess what? I will plan the party, I will have the events. But like I said, sometimes I need space and I let people know that and the people that get it, get it. And if they don't, that's okay. This is who I am, I own it. It's part of my story, it's part of who I am. When you own it and you stop feeling shame and guilt about who you are, then you get confidence, you fight insecurity when you hold yourself accountable to who you are, meaning that if you do something, you take accountability. If you don't do something, you take accountability. If you say you're gonna do something, you do it. Confidence comes from action. If you say you're going to get up at X time to go to the gym, do it. And if you don't, hold yourself accountable to that and make sure that you do it another time or acknowledge that you didn't go. Acknowledge, hold yourself accountable. Don't beat yourself up, but hold yourself accountable because we live in a no accountability society, right? It's all gushy, mushy, rainbows, butterflies, marshmallows. It's so ridiculous sometimes. Like, I understand rest. I know you guys don't think I do, but I do. When I ran 18 miles on Friday, I was a zombie Saturday and Sunday. A zombie. I did what I had to do. My daughter had a cheer game. I went to it, wobbling and all. But Saturday, once we were done doing what we had to do, all the errands we had to run, I zombied, laid in the bed, didn't get up. Sunday, kind of the same thing. And that's just, okay, I get the rest, right? Here's where it gets out of control. When people become so soft on themselves that they never actually change anything about their life and they sit and complain about their life, but they're not doing anything to change their circumstances. That is what gets me. And unfortunately, it's a societal thing because we talk about affirmations, but we don't talk about accountability. We talk about, oh, feel your feelings and rest, but we can't say discipline anymore because now you're just part of hustle culture. I'm not 
part of hustle culture. I'm part of, if you want something done, you actually have to work for it. I'm part of, like, you have to actually move in order to achieve. You can't sit back and make easy like life is just not easy and it's never going to be life is going to happen i'm part of that culture i'm part of the life is going to happen what are you going to do about it are you going to sit and complain and do nothing or are you going to get up and are you going to try to make the changes right whatever it is whatever changes are need necessary you self-accountability is looking in the mirror, which is when I became confident looking in the mirror and being honest. What am I doing that I could be doing differently? What am I not doing that I could be doing? What action steps are there for me to change my circumstances? That's the part of the culture that I'm, I'm in. Call it hustle culture. I don't think it is. I think that there is a fine line between saying I'm anti-hustle culture and I'm just part of the kumbaya manifest destiny. Just sit here and think like, oh, I'm going to be rich one day. I'm going to be thin or I'm going to have a six pack and I'm just going to sit here and think about it. Crew. Like, I'm not that one. I'm get up. Be confident in yourself, hold yourself accountable, do the things that you said that you were gonna do, and then things are going to change. That's the crew I'm about. I, I don't know what you wanna call that crew, but that's the one I'm in, okay? When you take ownership of who you are, you're honest with yourself, you look in the mirror and you really say, am I doing everything that I should be doing. I'm not saying be hard on yourself. I'm not saying you got to wake up at three o'clock in the morning. I'm not saying you got to work out six times a week, but what can you do differently tomorrow? If your circumstances are something that are holding you down, like right now, if you look around at your circumstances, you look around your life and you're like, I don't like where I am in life. What is one action step you can take tomorrow? Can you wake up 30 minutes earlier than you're currently waking up to work out? Can you wake up 20 minutes earlier than you're working, waking up right now to read? Can you stretch before you go to work? Can you go for a walk when you're out of work? Can you cook more of your meals? Can you, are there things that you can do small seemingly in like seemingly insignificant things that you can do that could potentially make a difference and are you owning who you are or are you hiding in the corner the truth will always come out that's just the way it works when you own things about yourself and stop feeling shame and guilt you get to take on a new power, a new superpower, because you're no longer hiding in shame and guilt about who you are, what you've done, what you do, what you don't do. And 
you can, you, you come in with a new authority because you are owning who you are. So no one can call you out on your name. I spent my entire childhood and uh, teen years caring about what my friends thought about me. Oh my gosh. Now as an adult, the power of saying, this is who I am, it's incredible. If I could go back to eight-year-old Diane and say, girl, you are good. Your heart is gold. You're going to get hurt. You're a little bit of a crybaby. You're very sensitive, but that's not a bad thing. You're empathetic. You feel, and that's good. And one day, that part of you is going to be what reaches so many people. I'm going to, what my, why you got to start letting me talk to myself? Because once I start talking to eight-year-old Diane, it just, it goes, we go berserk. And I would say, you shouldn't be ashamed of who you are, right? Don't be ashamed of who you are. Don't let other people bully you into being someone that you're not. That's what I would say. And I would say, girl, we look good at 32. (laughs) I'm kidding. No, I don't know if I'm kidding. I don't know about 82. That TikTok filter has me really questioning my life and my life's decision about skincare. But I just want you to know, you, all of you, not baby Diane anymore, all of you, all the baby yous, you cannot move on in life if you don't heal the inner you. You cannot move on in life if you don't heal the inner child in you. We all have issues. We all have trauma. We can all look back and think of a sad time in our life or a trajectory where we went wrong where our confidence got thrown out the window, where the teacher made us feel less than, where our friends told us we were ugly, where our friends left our side, where our abandonment issues came in, where separation anxiety came in. We can all look back, everybody's got issues, it's called life. We can all look back and say, poor me, but instead of doing that, let's heal. Let's heal. Let's get to the root of the problem. Let's pull the weeds out of the garden because they're trash and they're holding you back. It's not about just thinking about the trauma. It's about healing and letting it go and removing yourself from it. I that that happened. It happened. It happened. Your feelings about that are valid. But you're never going to become the next level you if you're still mad about what happened back there. That is you holding on to those roots. You hold on to those roots. You don't want the freaking weeds out. You're that weed. You're throwing freaking growth on that weed. Instead of doing that, pull the weed out. I forgive whoever hurt me, even if they're not sorry. I forgive myself for making decisions I'm not proud of. And I am owning who I am as a human being, as a person right now. And I'm going to work on being the best version of myself. Not just for me. Not just for me. It's not for me. If you know me personally, you know how much I love my freaking children. And I love my husband. And I love my parents. And I love my sisters. And I love my friends. I don't just do this for me. 
I do it for all the people around me. Because if I'm not taking care of myself in my mind, I can't be the best me for everybody around me. I can't be a light in the world if I don't have anything to shine. I need to take care of me so I can be a better me for my husband, for my children, for my friends, for everyone around me. I want people to come into contact with me and leave better. That was a question that years ago we were asked. How do you want people to leave you? I want people to leave me with more light, with more hope, with more positivity, with more passion, with more faith. I want people to have a good feeling when they leave a conversation with me. How do you want to impact the world? I'm asking you, how do you want to impact the world? And how are you impacting the world right now that you're holding on to that pain, anger, hurt, the weeds growing in your garden? And are you going to keep trying to cut the weeds with scissors? Or are you going to pull them weeds out, girl? Pull them weeds out. They're holding you back and they're not allowing you to blossom. They're not letting your garden grow, girl. They're not letting you blossom into the person that you were meant to be because you're still looking back on all the things that happened and all the things you did wrong. And let me just tell you, you are forgiven. You are forgiven. You're good. You just have to learn how to forgive yourself. You got to own who you are and you got to work to get better. You're never going to get better by wishing on a star. You're never going to get better by manifesting and not action. There's no action. You have to take action. And the action starts by addressing the problem. I want you to write a letter to yourself. It is the most, oh my gosh, it is the most emotional thing that you could ever do. Think back to a time of whatever time it was, okay? Because for me, I always address eight-year-old Diane. I don't know why. I actually don't have a reason. Like, there's not, like, something that happened exactly when I was eight years old that I can remember. But for some reason, I always talk to eight-year-old Diane, and I always cry every single time. I don't know why, but you should try it. Whether that's 15-year-old you or six-year-old you or 10-year-old you or 23-year-old you or 32-year-old you, whatever that is for you, write yourself a letter letting the you know Number one, what you've learned in life. And number two, that it's going to be okay. I promise you, you will be a wreck after. And you'll feel a little bit better. I want the best for you guys. So please, make sure that you guys do that homework. And I will catch you guys here next week. Please rate, review, like, comment, all those things. And also, make sure to email me any of your thoughts, comments, concerns, all those things. I want to hear it. I want to hear from you. All right, guys. See you next week.